Episode 221 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Kirk Semenoff, Wichita Business Journal Managing Editor, sitting in for a vacationing bill this week. Well, we hosted our 2021 Diversity and Inclusion Awards luncheon last week at the Hyatt, and it was amazing to see and hear all the great stories of Wichita's tackling diversity, equity, and inclusion from all angles. Those angles include race, gender, age, income, disability, through government, nonprofit, business, and more. This week, we've invited a sampling of the diversity and inclusion honorees to join us to talk about their efforts. First, let me fill you in on the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Name, image, and likeness are the new buzzwords in college athletics as student athletes for the first time are able to earn revenue for themselves while participating in an NCAA sport. Reporter Daniel McCoy takes a look at how athletes can make money, and they talk about the opportunity it brings outside the normal intercollegiate athletic structure. That story begins on page 16. Our Excellence in Healthcare series this month spotlights surgeons. That begins on page 19. This week's list, aviation subcontractors. That's one of the most important business sectors in Wichita. That's on page 10. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One significant way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly leads section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 26. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Anthony Joyner from Mulberry Art Gallery, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. First, tell listeners what Mulberry Art Gallery is and, and how you came up with the idea. Mulberry Art Gallery is a gallery located inside Revolution. So we're built out of shipping containers here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, our gallery is meant to be a platform, especially for artists of color and artists that have been underrepresented in the primary art scene. Um, I came up with the idea by really networking and talking to different artists in the community. For a long time, I've loved art and I used to sell my wife's artwork when we lived in Tennessee. And we ended up moving to Kansas because uh, this is where she's originally from. She has family here. And I love the vibrant art scene here. Um, but th th there was an issue here that also exists all over America. And that's that artists of color don't generally have a platform. Currently, Black art in specific makes up less than 2% of the art market, um, which is a very, very big disparity. And that's including galleries and, and museums as well. So if we're going to do anything to help combat that and to help show the value in, in art that's created by artists of color, we have to be aggressive about our approach. And this is my aggressive approach toward that. One thing I know you're tackling is, is exposing children from low-income families to art because it may be the first time they've seen it. 
Why is that important to you? And it's impossible to see yourself in a position that you've never seen. When I was a kid, and I use this as an analogy because when people think of this, they think of it like, oh, you were, you were just slow, right? I was a very, very smart kid. Um, it was so bad that they would literally take me out of my third grade classroom and put me in a fifth grade classroom because I finished my work before everybody else and they needed to keep me occupied. I was always a very smart kid. But I grew up in Port Gibson, Mississippi. So I thought $9 an hour, people that made that were rich, right? Because I was so used to seeing people make $7.25, right? And so I was working at a grocery store. At the age of 18, I was a firefighter. And I worked part-time at Walmart because as a firefighter, I made $7.45 an hour. And during all of this, I couldn't see myself in, let's say, as an example, a call center. Right. So when I um, decided to move to Tennessee, I went to visit first and I was told that a call center was hiring and they were hiring at nine dollars and 50 cents an hour. It just popped in my head all of a sudden, like, wait a minute. There are people on the other end of the phone when I call. When I see them on TV, they never look like me when I see their their advertisements for who they're hiring, they never look like me. So it's never crossed my mind. I've always been someone that's good at talking and training. It never crossed my mind that I could go do something like that. I did it and ended up being the top sales agent within six months. So with having this, with, with talking about getting kids into here, it's about showing them that what they have, their God-given talent, is enough. I have kids that walk in here and because of the fact that for one, most low income neighborhoods, they never, um, they never see the inside of an art gallery because it's never something that's on their radar. And we don't have very many in low income neighborhoods, right? But for two, if they ever do go in an art gallery, they never see art from artists of color or artists that they can identify with. With Mulberry, that's a very important thing for us. We want them to see themselves in a position that they can identify with. I wanna show them, I wanna show young black girls a Kamala Eaton piece because then they can say, oh my gosh, wait a minute, this is her? And I get that a lot, right? Wait, this is her? I can create this? Yes, absolutely. And, and in addition to that, it's also um, providing the mentorship, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about a little bit, but providing that mentorship opportunity to where they can actually put their hands on it and, and see how a career in art feels. You talked about that mentorship opportunity. You have an interesting program for, for school-age artists. Tell, tell us about Meet the Challenge. Meet the Challenge started, um, I wanna say a little over a year ago when I went into a studio that one of my friends had and there was a young girl in there, she was 17. And she was creating art on these little small canvases, like six by sixes and eight by tens. And so I, I asked her about her work and she actually had a story to it that she was telling. And she was using the 25, 50 cent paints and her, her paint brushes were all tattered. And, and I was like, I wonder what it would look like if she had access to, to better materials. 
And throughout our conversation and hearing her tell her stories, it's like, okay, let's, let's try and figure something out here. And so I went and, and bought all professional grade materials, spent a couple hundred bucks on just buying her some supplies that she had never seen before. And I came back and did a little interview with her. And then I gave her those supplies and I said, look, you have 72 hours. I want you to create me something on this 30 by 40 canvas that tells a story. And she did. And we ended up auctioning that off in February um, and it sold for $500. And I remember the entire process, everything that she said throughout that process. The first thing was, you know, she looked at that big canvas and she was like, I don't think I can do this. But she was connecting with my wife who was already creating on big canvases like that and she loved her work. And so she had a bit of motivation. And once she created it, she said, I can never look at art the same now. Like, I don't wanna go back to the little bitty canvases now. This is, I love this process. And then once the work sold, I remember her being in tears, like, oh my gosh, what? Somebody bought it. And that said to me that there was much more work to be done. I connected with two young boys that um, were creating comic book characters. And I helped mentor them through a process where, you know, I bought them bigger supplies. And then we took those characters and put them onto t-shirts, right? I remember both of them almost being in tears, like, man, this is crazy. I can wear my character. <laughs> that to me just said that there was still, again, there was so much work to be done. And so when, um, when we moved in here, we talked to the owner about another building that, um, that we were looking at that hadn't been utilized yet. And we partnered with Open Studios to move artists into that building. And a part of moving those artists into that building was that we were also gonna be bringing kids in to be mentored by some of those artists. And that was gonna be the continuation of the Meet the Challenge program where these kids are gonna come in and learn, you know, different styles of art and different things. They sign up on our website um, and we pair them with someone that matches their particular style. And we start expanding on that style and, and help them to create something at the end, it ends up being a project that they create that's then dis displayed to the public. Um, right now we have someone learning fashion design and this has been a very interesting process as well. I hope to reveal it to the public really soon. Anthony Joyner from Mulberry Art Gallery. Thank you for joining us on the podcast and best of luck on continued success. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. <laughs> Kara Hunt and Kim Doze-Loman were diversity and inclusion honorees for Equal Pay ICT. Kara has an extensive background in HR, and Kim is Director of Marketing at Martin Pringle. Together, they are working to improve and improving and eliminating the pay gap between men and women. Kara and Kim, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Kirk. Kara, start with how this idea came about. In 2018, I attended the James Chung presentation at a Rotary Club of Wichita downtown. Uh, I attended with Christina Long, as she was our guest speaker, and so she attended with me. And she and Jonathan Long ended up having a session following James Chung's event. And in that session, they had everyone who was affected, that would be the women um, who were leaving our city and the greatest numbers, stand up, and minority women and college-educated women. 
And I looked around the room and I was one of those women, 40 and under at the time. And I was like, these are some of my favorite people. We, we can't have these people leaving our city. And I was wondering who was doing something about this. And I looked in the space and no one was doing something about this. And I was lucky enough that I had been partnering with the what was then called the Women's Foundation in Kansas City to work on the appointments project. And since I saw no one was in this space and recruiting and retaining talent is very important to me, I decided that I would do something about it. So since I had the connections with the Women's Foundation, I reached out and said, you know, do you know of anyone? And nationally, the American Association of University Women was doing something in this space. So in 2018, when I was a speaker at Know Your Worth, um, and Wendy Doyle, the president of the Women's Foundation, was a speaker at Know Your Worth, we teased that we were going to bring salary negotiation to Wichita, Kansas as a training class. And I was lucky enough that at that point, the fantastic Kim Dozloman raised her hand and said, I want to partner with you on this. And uh, that was the best thing that happened to this program. So uh, from then on, uh, history was made. We partnered with the American Association of University Women and brought salary negotiation training to Wichita. Kim, you, you have a marketing background and Kara is in background is in HR. Why is that a good mix and match for, for what you're doing with Equal Pay ICT? You know, I think we come at it from such different perspectives that we just really play off each other really well in terms of when we're doing our trainings. Uh, Kara and I actually met in 2012 when we were in Leadership Wichita together and became fast friends. And um, we're both sassy enough to push the envelope and be willing to say the hard things. Um, our trainings are split into um, different categories and, and Kara certainly can speak to um, how employers view um, negotiating when a job is offered or when somebody is asking for a, a pay increase or negotiating that first salary. Um, I come at it from a little di bit different space in that it, it's, it's a bit appalls me, frankly, that, that women are paid less for the same work. And um, I have had um, some pretty significant successes in negotiating for myself. So we just come at it from very different perspectives. Kara, talk about what Equal Pay ICT does and, and how you go about doing it in your training. So we train ideally in person. COVID kind of changed that a little bit for us. Um, we like to empower individuals to negotiate by sharing stories. We make it a very safe space where people can share their experiences, their concerns. We provide information. We provide knowledge. We allow them to practice and um, ask any questions they might have, go through the actual experience of what that's gonna be like, what they might hear and go from there. And now we're working on adding a new component, which isn't a component for employers so that we're approaching it from the entire perspective to make sure that we have education and information provided to everyone involved in the process. Kim, I imagine the feedback you're getting from the women you train is, is pretty positive and pretty energetic, right? Absolutely. It's my favorite part of, of all of this. Uh, and you're also training employers from the other side. Uh, and both of you can talk about what you're doing from that side to get the employers uh, more cognizant or realistic about what you're doing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, this just can't be something that women generally are working on to help themselves, right? I mean, the employers and industry has work to do also. And as we talk to employers, it seems like it's something so big, 
how do I close the, the, the gender pay gap? It's how, you know, it's kind of mind blowing. How do you even baby step your way into it? And, and we try to break it down for employers. Uh, we show them how um, having more diverse leadership affects your bottom line. Um, we show them steps on, you know, let's, let's do an internal pay audit. Let's see what it looks like. You might be paying equitably um, until you do that research. You're just not going to know. So we, we walk through some really entry level elementary ideas on how you can really just dip your toe in the water because you're not going to close the gender pay gap in a day. Right. So we, we really try to break it off into bite-sized pieces, little things you can do that will make a big impact over time. And I think it's important to focus on this isn't just a women's issue. This is a, an issue for our entire community. And it really it brought it home for me when James Chung was talking about the impact on our community is $176 million per year. And then you look at the impact on an individual, when you look at the impact on a woman, and when you look at the number of dual income families. So when they're saying the cost to a Caucasian woman over her career is $400,000 for an African-American woman, it is, I believe, what, $700,000 or $900,000 and then a Latina woman, it's over a million dollars over the course of the career. So these are substantial dollars that impact our community, that impact our families, that impact all of us. So this is an issue that matters to all of us. Um, it affects, you know, retirement, it impacts paying off your college loans, it impacts childcare, it impacts, and we partnered with the Junior League. Um, and one of the things that drew us together was also the impact on child abuse. And so there's so many ways that this impacts our communities and our individuals. And that's why I think we're both so passionate about it. And so I think it's important not only for individuals, but communities as well and employers. Those are some really stunning numbers uh, for either one of you. Uh, Kim, why don't you start? Uh, how will Equal Pay ICT keep growing? How, how do you want that to happen? Um, you know, Kara mentioned the AAUW previously, and that's really where we got our start. We contracted with them um, to teach their curriculum for a year. Um, we are no longer contracting with them. So we have gotten a group of women leaders together in town who have approached us that are interested in helping us uh, continue the conversations. Um, Kara and I are only two people and we do have day jobs. So um, luckily the community has embraced this idea and we are getting so many requests um, that, that uh, like I said, this group of women have stepped up and um, are, are, are helping us found ICT or equal pay ICT. So uh, we're rewriting our curriculum. Uh, we are, like Kara said, expanding it to include employers. Um, so we're just, we're meeting, you know, continuously and we're continuing the conversation and we're continuing the trainings and uh, the, the requests continue to come in. So um, that's what we're doing. We're just keeping the conversation going. All right, well, Kara Hunt, and Kim Dozloman, thanks so much for joining me and continued success on an important issue. Thank you. Well, that's it for the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast for this week, episode 221. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. 
Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe and have a profitable week.